to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. Merry Christmas, Grace! Now, about 350 of you were like, what did they just say? Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Whether you've been a part of the family of Grace forever or you are brand new checking us out, you are part of the family. We believe that. Uh, we believe this is not just a place of four walls that you show up to. It's a place that you would come to experience God and the family of God. My name is Phil. You may call me Feel. You can try it one more time. Everybody say, hi, Feel. Yes, we're odd here, and that's okay. Turn to a neighbor real quick, give him a high five, and tell him you love him. Come on, and I'll call you out if you don't. I look at, I'm looking at my brother right there. He's like, dang it, he's looking at me. I will find you if you're not doing it. Come on, come on. Hey, real quick, real quick, now turn to another neighbor, look at him, and say you were my second choice. You chose, I didn't. You chose, I didn't. I just started some Christmas morning arguments. My bad. My bad. You don't want to know what I was going to say about the third neighbor. <laughs> man, hey, we got to have fun together, amen? Amen. I, I just really dislike this cultural idea that church is this boring building you show up to where you do a bunch of religious activity. Can I tell you that false idea is why so many people aren't experiencing Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis? And yet church meaning the people of God, which is what the church literally means in Greek, the people of God are meant to enjoy each other. We're meant to have fun. I don't get up on this stage like, oh, well, Jesus died for me and was born. I guess I should talk about it, and then I'll go home and sleep and open some presents. No, Jesus was born, and then he died for me, and it changed everything about me. That's why we're here today. I don't know why you're here, but we're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about it today. Man, I love Christmas. Anybody else love Christmas? Come on, somebody in the room. Yes, yes, yes. Christmas is amazing. Uh, it's a season for me of so many memories, family times, snow, traditions. Uh, I know for some it isn't quite the happiest time, maybe because of some experiences, but I think for most of us it is truly this time of joy and happiness, and, and, and we all as a culture for one reason or another experience it. But I wanted to share a quick story of some of my personal memories. Ha-ha! <laughs> and here goes one. So when I was seven years old, <clears throat> that was only t seven years ago, okay? <laughs> when I was seven years old, I'll never forget, I really wanted to prove Santa's existence. I wanted to do it. So my father, he was like, we're gonna, he's in here actually, he was like, we're gonna do it. We're gonna prove that he's real. Well, here's the thing, everybody knows that you can't see Santa if you're awake. It's not possible he won't come to your house, okay? We all know that, obviously. Uh, so what we did is we took a camcorder, I'll say that one more time. <laughs> we took a camcorder for anybody under the age of 20, that's an iPhone but bigger and clunkier. And you couldn't call people with it. All right, anyways. Put the camcorder under this bench and aimed it towards the, uh, the I almost said stove, the fireplace. Stove wouldn't have worked, all right? <clears throat> aimed it towards the fireplace, okay? Went to bed. We're, we're luring him in, people, okay? Wake up in the morning, I'm excited, I'm ready. And what do you know? We caught him. Came out of that, uh, we came out of that chimney right 
kind of, didn't see all that, you know what I'm saying? But next thing you know, I see a, a guy right around the height of my dad, it was weird, putting stuff in, in my stockings, and he's putting a couple presents down, and I was so excited, I was so, so, so excited. So excited uh, that my father did not know my ulterior motive for wanting to prove Santa's existence, which I just had. Um, my second grade class, I had a friend named Jordan. To this day, we still kind of keep in touch. He was convinced Santa wasn't real. I disagreed and still do to this day, okay? And I brought it into my second grade classroom. And I said, teacher, forget her name. She was awesome though. Teacher, we need to play this video. And we played my Santa proving existence video in front of the entire class. And everyone believed. I thought about that story and I was like, I've been fighting for my beliefs for a long time. <laughs> And that launched for me so many cool memories of Christmas and how we experience it and traditions and these fun things um, and all, all the above. And the, uh, the only thing that I think as I thought about this, I was like, man, I have so many cool experiences, so many memorable things from Christmas, family times and all this. Like all of these years of this type of stuff and I, now I'm doing it with my own wife and two young children and I think I share all of this because it made, God kind of showed me that the reason we like things like this is because we're celebrating. We're celebrating. All of us, I think, are built internally, whether or not we know it, to love to celebrate things, to have things to celebrate, to be joyful about, to be like, oh my gosh, look how amazing this is. Let's have a party about it. And now when we think about Christmas, we all celebrate for different reasons throughout the world, maybe just the United States, kind of wherever. We celebrate for the birth of Jesus, maybe that's our primary reason. For presents, for family time, for snow, for Santa, or maybe we just want some time off work. Anybody say amen in the room? You know, here I am working, you lazy bums, but anyways. <laughs> love y'all, love y'all. <laughs> But tonight, I want to leave you with an encouragement, and if you are willing, a challenge, that the celebrating we do on this specific holiday, Christmas, if we let it, can be a lifestyle, not just once a year. I think this holiday specifically can be a lifestyle, not just once a year. So before we pray, the title of my message is this, The Everyday Celebration. The everyday celebration. What would it look like if our understanding of Christmas changed in a way that Christmas is not an event to us, but instead an everyday life-changing reminder of what God did? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this season that we get to celebrate so many things and, and we have the freedom to enjoy so many parts of this holiday and yet God right now we stop just for a minute to thank you for your son. To thank you for Jesus that for 2,000 plus years now we've been celebrating because you are the savior of the world. So God as we talk for a little bit tonight and we go off into the rest of the holidays Father, would you just help all of us, every single one of us, no matter where we're at with any of this stuff, would you help us just to sit in this moment to appreciate you for who you are and what you've done and to help us uh, step into a new level of our understanding of this thing called Christmas. We trust you with this service, with the rest of this night, Christmas Day, and the rest of our lives. And all God, they're about to be weirded out, Grace family. And all God's people sing, amen. Show them now. Amen. Come on now. Okay. 
Again, y'all heard it. I know you heard it. Every time we do that, there's a split right up the middle. I swear there's an acoustic wall. They always get way behind, but they sound way better, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm right around my quota of jokes, so enjoy it while you have it. They told me no more than five. I have 11 scheduled. <clears throat> Just kidding. All right, we're going to get into some Bible. We're going to get into some Bible. If you've got your good books, I encourage you to open up the John 19. John 19, verses 25 through 30. It will be up on the screens for you. Uh, again, we encourage you to read this stuff yourself. The Bible is life-changing, man. This, the, I mean, the book's been around in, for a long time for a reason, and it's changed billions of lives for a reason. Uh, and if you don't have a physical Bible, that's okay. Pull up them phones, Google John 19, and it'll be on that page, all right? <clears throat> So we're going to put it up on the screens for you, uh, and I'm going to read it to you, okay? So starting in verse 25, starting in verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it and the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. The Greek for that is tetelestai. It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. I love this job. Why, Phil, are we at a Christmas service and you just read about the death of Jesus? Wrong holiday, buddy. <laughs> Fine, let's backtrack for a minute. Let's go to Luke 2. Let's go to Luke 2, verses 9 through 11. Luke 2, verses 9 through 11. This is right when Joseph and Mary have just had Jesus and the angel appears to the shepherds. We've all heard this story. Verse 9, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, I was reading these, and here we see the Christmas story. We see baby Jesus. We see the swaddled in a manger, and there were no openings in the inn, so they're literally in a barn. And these shepherds encounter angels, and they go, see the baby. And we love this story. It's one of the most impactful, important stories in the whole Bible. And yet what stuck out to me as I'm prepping for this message is that at both of the scenes we just read, the death of Jesus combined with the birth of Jesus, we see Jesus and his mother Mary. One scene is this triumphant celebratory birth. The other is the brutal scene of the cross. But Mary is with her son at both. One, she's at the foot of a manger. One, she's at the foot of a cross. And God hit me. Without one, the other is insignificant. Without one, the other is insignificant. Mary was at the cross because she had already been told that her son would be the savior of the world. She knew that's why he had to be born. So my first point is this. Without the death and resurrection, Jesus is just another baby and Christmas is nothing to celebrate. As we prepped this in the pastor's meeting, uh, Jeff goes, uh, that packs a punch, Phil, you sure? 
I don't know if he said you're sure, but that made it sound better. Pretty sure he said do it. Without the death and resurrection, friends, Jesus is just another baby. And I want to clarify, all babies are like very important. Man, I got a couple myself, all right? And babies are important, and we, we believe in the sanctity of birth and all this stuff, and yet he's just another baby without the death and resurrection. Christmas, what we're celebrating right now, is nothing more than a pagan holiday that we do a bunch of stuff God doesn't care about. And yet, because of the death and resurrection, we see that it does matter. Listen to this. December 25th, before it was Christmas, Romans, back in the Roman culture, actually took this day and celebrated on the 25th, the same exact holiday. And they called it Saturnalia, which was worshiping false gods for an entire week through huge feasts and parties. And it wasn't until A.D. 313 when Emperor, uh, Roman Emperor Constantine, most of us have heard of him, became a follower of Jesus Christ. So the holiday was switched from that feast to a feast of nativity. From Feast of Nativity, it went to Christ Mass. It was a Mass for Christ, and you know what we get now? We get Christmas. We get Christmas. This holiday has meant other things in the past. This day that we're celebrating now, it used to celebrate wrong things, and yet modern day we celebrate for a specific reason. We're all here, at least to some extent, for the same reason. And I wonder if this baby was born, the, the baby named Jesus, and that, that baby eventually grew up to die for the sins of the world, the sins of you and me. If we don't have that truth that Jesus came to die for everything we've ever done, then Christmas isn't important. Jesus is just a child that you would have heard nothing about. And yet a lot of us have heard about him. Christmas, if this were to be the case, if Jesus hadn't uh, died and rose, if that were the case, Christmas isn't called Christmas. It's still Saturnalia or some other new reason that we would make up in the culture to celebrate things that don't matter to get time off of work. And the reason, time off work's good, by the way. The reason I felt compelled to start with the story of Jesus and his mother at his death is that if that didn't happen, we wouldn't be reading the story of the birth. I would be wasting a lot of words right now and probably a lot less of you in the room and people who think we're a cult. But the beautiful thing is today, my friends, is that what we're really celebrating did happen. Jesus was really born, he really did live and he really did die for you and for me and what makes Christmas so amazing to celebrate is this, is that a true understanding of what Jesus did changes everything. It changes everything. It doesn't change one holiday. It doesn't just change December 25th from an old Roman pagan holiday to Christmas for Jesus. It doesn't just change that day. It changes everything. And I'm going to ask us in a little bit here, has it changed everything for you? But I want to share a story of how it changed everything for me. So I was in college. I went to Millersville. I got any marauders in the house? Anybody that went to Millersville? Yes? Couple? Yes? Any more marauders? Well, bang, bang, bang. We took the place over, all seven of us. <laughs> it's a college up in Lancaster. It's where I went to school. I was raised in the church. My parents raised me up. Um, you know, kids ministry, church, all that good stuff. When I became to the age of being able to make my own decisions, which were all terrible decisions, um, I was not into it. I was over it. I thought church was whack and hoaxy and cheesy and corny and fill in whatever other word that you want. I didn't like any of it. Went to college. I'm giving you a, a Sparks Notes version, all right? Some of my college people are on it now trying to cheat for finals, all right? I, I was going into college, and because I got that freedom in college, I left. I left religion. 
I left faith. I had no interest. I'd probably tell you I was a Christian, but literally did anything, nothing about it. Here's the thing. When we think that we can be um, a faith-filled person but not surrounded by anything faith-related, your faith quickly goes away. And it did. It did. Within about a year of college, I went from being kind of that golden child because I knew I wasn't supposed to do certain things to, I mean, I started hosting the parties. I started, I'm for the kids' sake in here, we're a hot church, honest, open, transparent, but I'll keep it a little bit PG-7, you know what I mean? I, I was smoking stuff I should not be, and I'm talking almost every single day. I was even selling some of that stuff. I, I was hosting these big, we were the soccer house, so proud of that, right? Ooh, we're the sports guys, Yeah. All right, and we did these things right in one, two, almost into three years of living this type of way, pushing people the wrong way, using my God-given leadership abilities to lead hundreds of people the wrong way. I came back one Christmas, and I came back to this church, and I'll never forget, my parents were like, we're going to church, and I was like, no, we're not. And my mom was like, we'll get lunch afterwards, and it's on us, and I was like, let's go. I wrote a song about this. This is a true story. And we come in, and I'm sitting right over there. This auditorium wasn't as big as it used to be. There used to be a big wall right here, and this was the church. Anybody remember those days? We got some OGs in the house, yeah. And I was sitting right over there, and I was sitting. Everyone's standing. We got some people's hands in the air, and I'm judging those people. I'm like, put your hands down. Your armpits stink. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting there, and a song called Rise comes on. It's an older song. It goes, I will rise on eagles' wings. No more sorrow, no more pain. And God hit me that that song was talking right to me, that I was starting to hate the way I was living. I was starting to hate the the consequences of some of my decisions. I didn't even like me at times. And I'll never forget, I, I stand up, don't know why, I close my eyes to start listening to this song. And as I close my eyes, I couldn't make this up. I remember so vividly. It was as if everybody in the room disappeared. And all I could hear was the lead singer leading the song. And within about a couple seconds, I feel a strong right hand grab my left shoulder. And the minute he touched me, I don't know how, but I knew. I knew what had just happened. I had just encountered God. And I'm not joking to you. I started instantly sobbing. Uh, And at the time, I'm pretty sure my mom was right next to me, and she kind of knew what was going on. And she sat with me and just put her arm around me. And and without getting into more details, uh, again, and I opened my eyes and looked behind me. There was nobody for two rows, so it couldn't have been a human unless they leaped over the row. Some of y'all weird, but it it was God. And I left that room never the same. Never the same. I went back. I called my testimonies, banger, bangers, the Bible study. Some of y'all won't understand that verbiage. That's okay. I'm a little younger. Uh, But I went back, and I stopped some of that stuff. God started changing my life. Next thing you know, the soccer house went from keggers to 50 to 75 person Bible studies up at Millersville. We saw, we saw, yeah, y'all, come on. And nothing's changed since. God has just continued to bring me down this path of, do you know I'm the only thing that matters? But, but are you living like it, Phil? Are you acting like it? And I find the Holy Spirit in me checking me so often. Oh my gosh, hey, remember I saved you? Are you living like it today? Are you impacting other people today? Or are you just living for you? Do you wake up just thinking about what you want to think about? Do you only celebrate me two times a year because that's what's convenient for you? Or Phil, am I in you changing everything about you all the time? And I don't know that I can say with integrity that he's doing that all the time because I don't let him all the time. But what's cool is that God has changed everything about me, has he, for you? This Christmas season, friends, this truth that we're celebrating, if we really grasp it, it does exactly that, not just for me, for anyone who would accept it. It changes everything. 
it, it kills my soul that some people will go their whole life thinking Christianity is nothing but a religion. And if I check the right boxes, I'm going the right place. Find a church that stops lying to you about that. He wants your life, not a day. So today, we can declare with integrity that Jesus is not just another baby. Christmas is not just another holiday. This is the celebration of the one who came to change everything. So I just want to ask us a question as we go into the second half of this. Are you doing that? And if you aren't, grace on you, that's okay. I wasn't for a long time too. Then how do we do it? I'm not going to leave you without. We call the YBH here, the yes but how. Like what you're saying, Phil. You're engaging and you're walking around and you're a little over the top for me, but I'm still here. But how do I do it? Let's go there. Let's go there. Luke 2, 28 through 35, just a little further in this Christmas story. A little, we don't often hit this passage when we talk about the Christmas story because we'd have to re read a lot of scripture and people start walking out the door because I, I only read the 10 verses, not 30, Phil. All right, Church, verse 28, check this out. This is just right after the birth and we see Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus to the temple as a baby. And then Simeon, a, man, a priest named Simeon, took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. This is Mary and Joseph saying, like, whoa, you're talking about my baby like this. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, listen to this, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So we started with the death of Jesus and some of you judged me right away and you're like, this pastor doesn't even know the holiday we're on, we're out. Hopefully you're still here. And then we go back to the birth and we acknowledge that without one, the other is significant. And we see this story here shortly after the birth. Something very specific is said about him and it's this. He will reveal hearts and pierce souls. There's a lot of things we could say Jesus came to do, right? It, it, it's definitely the more common thing to be like, well, he came to save us all. He came to die so that if we believe in him, we would go and have eternal life with our heavenly father. Yes, 100%. And yet, he came to do a lot more even while you're right here. And this says he came, he came to reveal hearts and have our souls pierced. What I would like to encourage and challenge all of us on this beautiful time of year is that Jesus is not an idea. He is alive. Jesus is not tradition. He's a life-changing savior. Jesus is not far. He's in the room, and there's people who don't know it. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here. But if we have yet to let Jesus pierce our soul, like I had 20 years of my life, thought I knew him, but he hadn't pierced anything about me. He hadn't changed any of the things that Phil wanted, any of the things that I'd want to follow, any of the ways I want to act, any of the, you know, all, whatever it might be, the things I want to pursue. He hadn't pierced any of it. It was whatever I wanted, however I wanted, however I felt and however I thought. And then he pierced. And then he pierced. If we've yet to let Jesus do that, He's going to feel like nothing more than a tradition to you. He's going to feel like nothing more than religion. 
And that's not, there's no condemnation there. There's no shame there. We've literally, every one of us has been in that boat. And a lot of us go in and out of it, man. We love Jesus one day. We're acting a whole fool the next day. And, and it's because we didn't let him pierce our soul that morning. He's more than tradition. He's more than just being motivated to celebrate him for one day. He is a life-changing, soul-altering person. So my second point is this. The Christmas celebration is not a day. It is our lives. While Christmas is a beautiful reminder. Little Devante's little baby. She's so cute. Come on. While Christmas is a beautiful reminder and it's amazing, I mean, I really do say this like meaningfully, it is amazing that so many of us gather to celebrate the Savior, that families come together, that we give generously, all these amazing, amazing things. Listen, though, yet Jesus did not come for a day, he came for your life. And treating him like he came for a day is to not treat him like anything at all. He came for my life. He came for your life. And the beautiful thing is that whether this is new to us or we've been following him for a long time, there is always more. There is more to pierce. There is more in your heart he's looking to reveal that will change you. I worry in my own soul many times that I hit these uh, like plateaus of faith and I say, well, I've done it enough. I've served in youth ministry. I was an usher for a while. I've usually for the most part gone to church and I just think that that's enough. And God's like, oh my goodness, we haven't even touched the outer edges of your soul. And I wonder how many of us, look at the world, family. I don't need to give you statistics. Does it seem like a great time in the world? Does it seem like people are getting happier? Does it seem that this idea of do you, boo, live how you want is helping the world or hurting everybody? I could give you direct statistics of how church attendance has declined and almost every other negative statistic in the world has gone up. And yet the devil has blinded us to think that it has nothing to do with us turning away from God. Because you've listened to a bunch of people on the internet tell you that religion's a bunch of garbage. Religion is garbage. Jesus isn't. I don't know who in the room. I need, to, I need you to hear this, though. I need you to hear this, though. We prayed a lot for this room right now. We prayed. There are people that are in here. You don't even know. You've been being prayed for for weeks. Because we care that much. And he loves you that much. God doesn't say that you have to come different, but he will make you different. He wants you to come as you are, but he will not leave you where you are. Phil King, ready, family. Come on, somebody. And yet I fear for so many, as it was for me for a long time, that Christmas is not a lifestyle. It's an event. Christmas is a holiday, not a holy day. Church and Jesus are just a box we have to check off so that we can say that we did it. But family, Jesus is not a box to be checked. He's a life-changing Savior meant to be the king of your life. And that's it. I hope you hear that in a loving way. Because that wasn't me for so long. And there's still plenty of days I don't act like it. And his grace and mercy are new for me every single morning. He teaches me new things every day. And the days that I fall away, he picks me right back up and says, I've been here the whole time. Let me tell you about this king we're talking about. If he's meant to be king of your life, let's make sure he's a worthy king. Because we serve a lot of kings whether or not we know it. The things you spend the most time with, a lot of y'all, man, myself included, I don't want to show you my screen time some weeks. But some of y'all's kings is sitting in your pocket right now and you don't even know it. 
It's king of your life. You can't not look at it the first thing you wait. All right, feel good. I'm about to keep going, so I'm going to stop. I'm going to tell you about our king. I want to tell you about the king. This king, even though he was God, was born poor into a barn. He is royalty that for you chose humility. He grew and immediately people began to notice that he was different. Even as a baby, we see priests saying he's going to change everything. He lived for 33 years as a human experiencing our pain, our suffering, our joy, and our love, walking the same hardships and temptations as you, even though he didn't have to, he did it for you. And he did all of it perfectly. He never sinned. He never fell. He never gave into the things that we so easily fall into. He, <clears throat> he loved people more compassionately than anyone else has ever loved. He cared for people better than anyone else has ever cared. He preached. He healed. He gave. He taught. He spent his entire life pointing people to God because nothing in life really matters other than that. It's then that he told us he was the way to God. And by believing in him and what he was born to do, we could actually have eternal life and experience it, not just in heaven, but here. And after he did all these amazing things, he was murdered for them. The only man to ever live without sin was killed for it. One of my favorite phrases when we say things like, why do bad things happen to good people? That doesn't happen. None of us are good. There was one good man and the worst thing happened to him. And he did that for you. And after he did all these amazing things and was killed, that's why we're here celebrating because he came to die. We celebrate his birth because his birth had a purpose, to die for you. Every lash he took, every crown of thorns sunk on his head, beaten, mocked, giant nails driven through his hands and feet. And I need you to hear this right now because this phrase has changed my life. As he took that life-ending beating, he thought about you. He didn't think about the world generically. He didn't think about Christians or religion. He thought about you. And as much as we ignore him, as much as we turn from him, as much as we don't do his will, he said, you're worth it anyways. You know how many of us in the room wake up day after day not feeling worth it? You know how many of us in the room struggle from not feeling loved, feeling abandoned, feeling lonely? You know how many of us have suffered from disappointment and defeat, and yet Jesus hung up on that cross and looked at all of it and said, you're worth it. I wonder how many of our lives would be changed if that pierced our soul. Not head knowledge, heart knowledge. He did that for you. That's why he was born, to come to die for you. Not the person to your left, not the person to your right, not the person in here who's just waiting for me to stop talking. Even for you. Family, if you've ever felt these things, he's covered it. You were made with purpose in the image of God. So Grace family, while we're, well, let me ask why. Why are we here celebrating the birth? Because it's a cute story? Because we love nativity? And we love going around the, the lights and saying, ooh, ah. That's what me and my daughters do. We go, ooh, ah. It's really adorable, actually. Is it because, you know, all these things that we do, Christmas carols are fun? No. We're here because all of these things are a reminder that Jesus was born to die for you. He was born to die for you. And when we truly get that, when the life-changing, heartbreaking, soul-wrenching truth that the God of the universe chose, chose optionally to sacrifice himself for you, when that really pierces your soul, it changes everything. 
All of a sudden, Christmas doesn't seem like a once a year thing. It seems like something I wanna praise God for every day. All of a sudden, the joy that Christmas brings doesn't leave in January. It's with me all the time. All of a sudden, the church is a place I wanna be because God's people are there. Praying becomes normal because I can't wait to talk to my Savior. The Bible becomes my favorite book because it's my Savior's love letter to me. Talking about Jesus doesn't only happen on Christmas and Easter because this truth has wrecked every day of my life. Do you have that? I didn't for a long time, and now I do. Do you see the difference? I used to be the one that would come on Christmas, and I could not wait to go home because then I could go to sleep, and then Santa could come, and I could get my presents, and then I could fight with my sisters about my presents, and then I could be done playing with them by noon, and then be on to the next piece of discontentment in my life. <laughs> I don't mean to make Christmas seem. <laughs> and when this, friends, when this, what I just explained, is our reality Christmas is just truly not a celebration of one day anymore for me. It becomes my whole life. So let me ask you, is it yours? Is it yours? And it's okay if it's not right now. Can I encourage you, like, we're open every Sunday and a lot of other days. Come find out more. Come hear other people passionately talk about God. Come meet the people in this room who serve God week in and week out. Come see the Dream Center and what's happening. I don't know uh, how much you guys know about this church. There's an entire completely free Dream Center that has food multiple times a week, full meals you can come get, a clothing pantry that you can walk in and take bags full of clothes for free in Jesus' name. There's an entire area you can go shopping. You sign up for a time and just shop. Take money. Not money, don't take money. Take food. No money. There is a completely free gym, the same size as Gold's Gym over there. Free. I drives me crazy when people say Jesus ain't moving. Jesus is the only one moving. I got way too hype at the end of this. I'm sweating. It's a workout for me. Wherever we are, love you, sis. Wherever we are on this spectrum, I just want to encourage you, it's okay. We've all got our own journey. We've all got our own walk. And yet, you still got to walk. And wherever you fall on this, it is for you. It is available. He loves you. He was born to you so that he could die for you. That's what Christmas is. It's the Christmas truth, the celebration, friends, that is not a day. It is our lives. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you all to stand. I'm going to ask you all to stand. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. Many of you have candles. In just a minute here, we're going to partake in our candle lighting. But before we get to that, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us that what I just talked about, this idea of the piercing of my soul, the revealing of my heart, if, if, the, if you're in here and either you've never experienced that and you want it, Amen. If you're in here and you've tasted of that before, you've felt it before, but you know you need to come back to it. You know you need some more of it. That's what we're going to do right now. We're just going to pray, and we're going to ask God in a way only he can do to pierce our hearts. So if you would, pray with me. Oh, Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for what this holiday means. We thank you that we can celebrate the birth because then you chose to die. 
Father, we have to give you all the glory for any of us in this room that truly know you because that is only from you and by you. So right now we ask, if you are stirring in hearts right now, which I believe that you are, God, would you pierce tonight for the first time? For those of us in here that maybe have already experienced you, we already are following you, already believe you, could this Christmas season, in a way only you can do, pierce our hearts fresh for who you are to us, in us and through us. Jesus, we thank you that this is a holiday worth celebrating. I pray you would help every single one of us to enjoy it, to have fun, to have goofy traditions, but to put you first in all of it. Would you change lives both today, tomorrow, and forever, and we're thankful that you are. For anybody in the room that may be feeling that tug, uh, that pull, God, I, I just ask you would give them the boldness to follow up on it, to do something that only you can do. We love you. We trust you. And all God's people said... As the ushers go ahead and begin to light the candles, they're going to light the outside rows. You're going to then pass them inside. We encourage you in this. Tip, tip the unlit candles to the lit candles so you're not dumping hot wax all over each other and ruining my excellent message I just gave you. <laughs> just, but for real, to the best of your ability, tip the unlit candles to the lit. And here's why we do this. Here's what this is reminding us of and representing is that the light truly came into the darkness. His name was Jesus, and as we've just talked about, he came, he loved, and he died. But after he rose and ascended, he left us here to continue that light. And that light we've been talking about, our lives would be the light of Jesus to others around us. During this time, we're about to sing a closing song called All Glory to Christ. It's going to be a familiar melody, but it's meant to point us back to Jesus in this season. So as the candles are lit, if you would, worship with us.